When your team is on the road and the fans are booing throughout the game, that's usually a pretty good sign. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 927 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, and we are, of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app, use promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and so to kind of uh back up just a second here to what i just said in the intro uh yeah this is a game that saw the rangers pretty much dominate uh this is also i would say of the rangers seven games that they've played so far this is the worst that we've seen any of their opponents play the oilers just kind of look dead and lifeless obviously they were playing without Connor mcdavid which as we can see firsthand uh makes quite the difference you know when that team doesn't have uh the best player in the world right now but yeah the oiler fans were letting them have it they were one four and one coming into this game played poorly and when you have the fans in the palm of your hand when you're on the road and you've got them booing the home team, like I said, that's usually a good sign. Uh, they were really giving it to the Oilers at the end of the second period. And then the last like two minutes or so of this game, and especially as the clock was ticking down the final couple of seconds, uh, the Oilers fans were really letting them have it. So again, obviously a very good sign when you can go on the road and turn the home fans against their own team. Yeah, you're doing something right, and you're obviously playing some very uh, sound hockey, which is what the Rangers did in this game. A 3-0 win, a 29-save shutout for Jonathan Quick. We'll get to his performance in just a little bit. I just want to mention real quick, though, you guys can probably tell, anybody listening to or watching this, still dealing with a sore throat here, but it's a really nice win for the Rangers. We're going to power our way through it, so I uh, thank you in advance for your patience. Obviously, I don't sound 100%. Gonna talk a little slower, maybe a little quieter. We're gonna get through this episode together here. But like I said, a three nothing win. Um, just just too much fun. Uh, too much fun of a game for the Rangers. Too many good things to talk about. Definitely want to get an episode done here on Friday. And I do apologize for missing the Thursday episode. But first big thing I wanted to talk about is what's being dubbed the French toast line. For anybody that missed it, there was some chatter on Twitter, on social media. Um, you know, everybody likes a, a good nickname, right? And you know, we had the kid line for a while. Hito Lafreniere and Kako, but they've been split up. And honestly, that that's the kind of uh, a name that has an expiration date because at a certain point, they're not kids anymore. You know, it's kind of like the baby bombers, which is, is so cringe to begin with. But, you know, eventually the, these guys grow up a little bit. Are we still going to be calling them kids and babies when they turn 30? Uh, hopefully not, because that would just make it even worse. Um, but no, the kid line was fine for the time being. But now you've got players on this team that are even younger than, uh, you know, the, the former kid line. And now... You've got them split up, and like I said, two of the three of the former kids uh, playing with Artemi Panarin, and they've been called the French Toast Line, and, and this comes from uh, Artemi Panarin's The Bread, right? Philip Heedle, heat, heedle, heedle, heat, you heat up the bread, and then Lafreniere, obviously, uh, French, you know, has French origins, that last name there. Um, so you've got the French Toast Line. That's, a, that's as good of a nickname as there is. I don't know who originated it who came up with it first somebody a lot more clever than me but uh that's a fantastic nickname and i hope it sticks and i mean hey they've got a nickname now you got to keep them together if you're peter laviolette and honestly nickname or no nickname there's no reason to even think about uh breaking up this line because they've played very very well together i want to just kind of highlight all three members of this line really quick both what they've done both what they did in this game and what they've done thus far in the season so artemi panarin has a point in every game so far this season and 
they mention on the broadcast that this is the f- the longest streak to start a season since like the 70s. I, I forget exactly which season it was and exactly which player did it, but it's the first time since then that a Ranger has had a point streak this long to start a season. So Artemi Panarin, since cutting his hair, has had a point in every single hockey game that he's played. Um, don't know if that has anything to do with it or not, but bottom line, he's off to a fantastic start this season. Three goals, seven assists in the seven games, and just playing very well. You know, making some defensive plays as well, grinding along the boards at times. Artemi Panarin just uh, back with a vengeance this season. He also had a secondary assist on a power play goal scored by Adam Fox. Um, basically, on this play, you've got uh, Panarin carrying the puck. It looks like he's going to go around behind the net. He's got a couple defenders following him. Defenders have to pay more attention to Panarin because he's been shooting the puck more often. He passes back to Trocek in the right faceoff circle. Trotrek across the ice to Adam Fox, wide open. Fox shoots and scores and gives the Rangers a one to nothing lead at that time. Uh, there was also a play where, um, you know, Panarin set up Alexi Lafreniere for a goal. Um, you have the Rangers. Uh, they had actually hit the post a couple of times right before this. And then you've got Schneider passing up the ice to Panarin. He leads Panarin over the blue line. And then Panarin, you know, he's stick handling. Once again, drawing some defenders toward him. Passes over across the ice to Alexi Lafreniere. Uh, Lafreniere goes down to a knee. Hammers at home. 3 nothing Rangers at that point. So Panarin having a hand in a couple of goals there. Uh, but again, you know, there, there's also some little things that he's doing. There was a play in the third period that I really liked. He was protecting the puck in the offensive zone along the boards in the corner, you know, kind of a dirty part of the rink there and doing a nice job using his body to shield the puck, keep guys off of him, keep the play alive. And this led to Keandre Miller drawing an interference penalty. So good stuff all around from Panarin and Alexi Lafreniere. I think you got to be pretty encouraged by what he's shown so far this season. I would even argue that this is maybe um, the best, you know, seven game stretch that we've seen him play. And I know there's been seven game stretches where he has more points than this, but he just is starting to look like, you know, the kind of player that you would take first overall. He looks dangerous out there. And obviously he's benefiting like everybody else does from playing with Panarin, but Lafreniere, a goal in his third straight game, four goals through seven games, still looking for his first assist. But to me, he already has two kind of unofficial assists. Uh, there's been two instances this season where he's applied some pressure and that has resulted in a turnover that led directly to a Ranger goal. So in those two instances, he did not get credit for an assist, but he was making it happen. Uh, just looks very confident out there with his stick handling. There was a play in this game where he sent somebody to the ice without even touching them. He, he brought the puck over the blue line and just with some moves that he was making, you know, stick handling, his skating ability, this defender trying to figure out whatever Lafreniere was going to do with the puck. He fell down. He completely wiped out. Lafreniere basically faked the guy out of his skates, uh, went in, got a backhand shot away. It was stopped. But again, Lafreniere showing that talent that, you know, comes along with being the number one overall pick. We just haven't seen enough of those kind of wow plays, those wow moments. That was a wow moment. When you can fake somebody out so bad that they fall to the ice without any physical contact whatsoever, um, that's obviously a nice play. There was also an instance, I believe this is the end of the first period, Lafreniere and Heedle on a two-on-one rush. They look dangerous here. Uh, the defender went down to try to stop Lafreniere. Lafreniere got a saucer pass away to Heedle. Heedle, you know, shot accuracy, maybe uh, betrayed him a little bit here. It looked like he had a good amount of the net open, but kind of shot it back into the goalie. It was a nice save too, so, you know, credit where it's due. But um, again, just everybody making plays. Lafreniere also drew a penalty in this game that led to the Rangers 
uh, first goal that happened in the second period. That's the goal I already mentioned where we had Trocek feeding Fox uh, for the one-timer and uh, the one nothing lead early in the second period. But that all came about because Lafreniere, you know, he's swarming. And granted, it was kind of a dumb penalty. I don't know how much Lafreniere really impacted it, but he still drew the penalty. He was still there. He still made it happen. Took a high stick for his team, got them on the power play. They end up taking the one nothing lead. And then Hedl, you know, something with Hedl, we've talked about how the Rangers have improved on faceoffs and they entered or right now, rather, they are 10th in the league on the faceoff circle at 53.1%. Philip Hedl is at 44.7%. He had, he actually came in at 47%, but he had a bit of a tough night, won only a third of his draws in this game. Um, the percentage is going to jump around a little bit this early in the season, you know, because it is so early. You have a good night, it jumps way up. You have a bad night, it falls way down. Um, but if Philip Hedl can get to, you know, a success rate in the mid to high 40s, I'll take that. You know, the other Rangers centers, I think uh, Trocek and Bonino for sure, you feel really good about them winning more than half of their phase-offs. And I think Mika is capable of doing that as well. He's done it a couple times in the past. So that's three out of four that are going to be very likely 50% or better. Um, two are basically a slam dunk for it, Trocek and Bonino. And then you've got Filipito, who's getting better as well. And you like to think that that comes down to some coaching. Uh, I know Pekka, you know, he's he was a big face-off guy in his day. Maybe he's been working with Hedl and some of the other Rangers centers. But, um, yeah, just nice to see Filipito going in the right direction with that. You just don't want him to be a tremendous liability when it comes to face-offs at, at like 38 or 39%, like we've seen in other seasons. If he can at least be, you know, respectable there, then we'll take it. Filipito's a heck of a player, and if – uh if winning less than half of his face-offs is his only Achilles heel, but, you know, not getting killed on the face-off circle, if that's his only Achilles heel, we'll take that all day. And, um, yeah, obviously the other guys, if, if there's big face-offs, you can put them out on the ice for, for those face-offs. Uh, he also, in this game, I thought this was really impressive, made some really nice defensive plays as well. Uh, they were talking after the first intermission, Sam and Joe this is, that Heedle was maybe the best player on the ice for the Rangers, and I would agree with that. Um, there was a three-on-one for um, for their opponents. I, I completely blanked on who they were playing for a second there. They, of course, were playing the Oilers. There we go. There we go. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm not 100% here today, guys, so, so just bear with me. But, yes, they were playing the Oilers, obviously. There was a three-on-one, and Philip Heedle's the one guy back and was able to actually break up the scoring opportunity. You know, obviously, he's a little bit of a fish out of water in that situation. You'd like uh, – I mean, you'd like to not give up the rush in general, but you'd like to have a defense in back if nothing else. Um, but Hedo was there, and he did a nice job uh, in that situation. So props to Philip Hedo for that, another strong performance. And what a great nickname, the French Toast Line. I think uh, that nickname alone is going to propel these, this trio to new heights. But I uh, love the fact that they've stuck with this line the entire season and that they're getting better and better. They just look dangerous. Every time they're on the ice, pretty much every game, they always look like they're about to make something happen. And, um, yeah, I think the sky is the limit for this trio. I've had a blast uh, watching these three work together this season. So we'll keep everything rolling in just a second here. Uh, going to talk about, excuse me, Jonathan Quick. Uh, he is off to an excellent start for the Rangers this season. It's still early. He's only uh, seen the ice in three different games. Uh, but be that as it may, obviously a very nice start for the veteran goalie. Uh, we're going to get to all that fun stuff in just a second. Also going to be talking about, uh, you know, some other things. Jimmy Vesey kind of entrenching himself into the lineup. Uh, Blake Wheeler starting to pick it up for the Rangers a little bit as well. We'll get to that in just a second. First, got to let everybody know today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by Parkview Advance. As a business owner, you realize there are times when receivables might fall behind, but that doesn't mean you need to fall behind on vendor payments, payroll, or rent. 
For more than 25 years, Parkview Advance has helped businesses secure working capital. From 5,000 to 1.5 million, Parkview Advance can approve your working capital in as little as 24 hours. It's a much easier process than you might imagine. We invite the many entrepreneurs that are locked on NHL fans to learn more by calling us at 203-675-0071. Again, that is 203-675-0071 or go to parkviewadvance.com. If your business needs working capital, call Parkview Advance today. Parkview Advance, helping businesses with their working capital. Go to parkviewadvance.com. And today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is also brought to you by Jace Medical. That's J-A-S-E Medical. The Jace case is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. You can also customize your case and add additional life-saving medications based on your unique needs. Jace Medical now offers customizability for your Jace case with dozens of add-on medications. Choose the medications that best fit you and your family's unique needs. Jace is continually working to expand their medication offerings. In those recent efforts, they added ivermectin as an option in the Jace case. Buy a gift card for your family or loved ones so that they can get a Jace case of their own. Go to jacemedical.com and enter code locked on at checkout for a $20 discount on your order. That's promo code locked on at jasemedical.com. All right, we just want to go ahead and thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And for the everydayers, you guys are definitely going to want to stick around. The Rangers are rolling right now. Obviously, uh, five and two to start the season. Got to be feeling good about that. Going to be back in action on Saturday, 10 p.m. on the road against the Vancouver Canucks. Going to be breaking down whatever happens in that game. And we're also going to be doing an episode meant to do this Thursday. Obviously, had to miss a day, but we're eventually going to do an episode where we take a look at the newest New York Rangers, the guys that came in uh, via free agency, and just kind of assess how they've done and how they fit in so far uh, with this Ranger team. Definitely looking forward to that episode. But for right now, let's continue enjoying a really nice win over the Edmonton Oilers 3-0. Uh, you got Jonathan Quick making a 29-save shutout for the Rangers. Uh, first of all, just the decision to start Jonathan Quick in this game. I hadn't really thought of this as an option because I think a lot of times when the backup goalie plays, even if they do well, which Quick obviously did against Seattle, um, you kind of just think to yourself or, or kind of just like, you know, the, the clock in your head almost, it tells you that uh, it might be a little while till we see the backup goalie again. And, um, you know, obviously Igor's a world-class goalie, a Vesna winner. You're going to use him uh, far more often than not. But they go to Igor against Calgary. He kills it there, has a great game. And now right back to Jonathan Quick for this game. So Quick has now seen action in three of the last four Ranger games. Um, I hadn't really, again, thought of this as an option to start Quick in this game. But when I saw that's what the Rangers were doing, I didn't mind it at all um, because Quick has obviously played very well. And it goes back to a very simple concept. If you do well, you earn a little bit more playing time. Now, I don't want Jonathan Quick to play too much because this guy Igor Shosturkin pretty darn good. But... It's the reality of the situation is that uh, Igor Shosturkin is not going to play all 82 games. So you have to kind of pick and choose a little bit when to go to your backup. In this case, this season, it's Jonathan Quick. Um, and obviously, you know, there's going to be situations that make more sense than others. Uh, but Jonathan Quick, you know, going into this game here, I mean, think about it. the Rangers are already 2-0 and on this road trip. 
and Quick has played well, so why not toss him back out there, give him another opportunity? That's what the Rangers chose to do, and this is a minor point, but I think maybe this is a way for Laviolette to kind of challenge his team a little bit here, where it's like, okay, we're going with the backup again. You guys got to bring it again. That could maybe be something that was in play as well. Um, again, no goalies playing all 82 these days, so you're going to have to uh, work the backup goalie in from time to time, situations where it makes sense. I think this made sense, and obviously uh, really worked out in a big way, Jonathan Quick, with the 29 save shutout. Now, obviously the Rangers played good defense in front of him. Uh, there weren't too many mistakes at all in this game, but Jonathan Quick also made some really nice saves and seemed to get stronger as the game went on. Uh, Quick in the first period wasn't tested that much, but he did make a really nice glove save against Leon Dreisaitl on a backhand chance in deep at the end of the first period. Then the second period, uh, really nice, uh, I believe it was a left pad save by Quick, you know, kicked out his pads, made the save, and then also uh, denies a rebound attempt from the slot. This one might have uh, hit off his mask or, you know, just under his mask in that area. Um, not too long after this, he, you know, there's a scramble in front of the Ranger net and he dives on the puck and, uh, you know, gets the whistle there. Um, I thought the third period was maybe uh, his best of the of the entire evening. You know, the Rangers um, overall, a great game, great game by the Rangers. I think, though, of the three periods, if I had to pick one where maybe they weren't quite as sharp as the other two, it's probably the third period. I think maybe there were times where they were sitting back just a little bit. Um, again, it, it's an it's a big nitpick. Um, that this was a really sound, really complete game by the Rangers. But Jonathan Quick was there when he needed to be. Uh, he made two point-blank saves against Brown, kept the puck out there. And then, really, the only, like, glaring mistake that I thought the Rangers made the entire game, they turned the puck over while trying to exit their zone. This leads to an opportunity for Hyman. Uh, he is on the doorstep, and Jonathan Quick, a great glove save there. Um, again, point-blank save, Quick, you know, shooting out his, uh, his glove there and uh, making the stop, holding for a whistle. Jonathan Quick with this shutout, by the way, 59 for his career, most by an American-born goalie. And a question that's going to pop up here, and this is something that we talked about a little bit in the offseason, is this the work of Benoit Allaire? Now, for starters, Jonathan Quick's the one out there. He's playing the games. He's an NHL goalie. He's one of the best of all time. I think he deserves most of the credit. But yeah, Benoit Allaire, uh, his track record speaks for itself. We've seen him turn uh, Henrik Lundqvist and Igor Shesterkin into just world-class goalies. Even guys like Georgiev, Talbot, Ranta, uh, they've all played very well while they were with the Rangers. You know, Georgiev is a top 10 goalie in hockey right now. He was the stuck as the Ranger backup for a while. I, I think it's pretty obvious at this point. That guy's a top 10 goalie. He's, he's been very good for Colorado. Um, you know, Talbot has had a nice career. He's kind of bounced from team to team, but it seems like he's always, you know, in the mix for a starting job and tends to do well when he gets to be the starter. Ronza was, uh, he was with the Blackhawks, I think it was, for two years before he came to the Rangers. But they all have something in common. They were all under Alaire's tutelage early in their careers, or, or in most cases, right at the very start of their careers. It's the first time he's really had kind of a reclamation project like Jonathan Quick. You can maybe throw a lock into that category a little bit, but you know, Quick's coming off of some subpar seasons. Can he kind of work his magic with a veteran goalie? We've seen him again. Tutor, tutor these guys, there, there's the word, tutor these guys at the start of their careers, but can he uh, you know, kind of get the best out of somebody that's getting near the end of his career? And maybe that's what's going on with Jonathan Quick right now. And when they signed Quick, you know, I was hopeful. I was optimistic. I, I know a lot of Ranger fans didn't really get the move. They didn't really like the move. Maybe they wanted a different backup goalie or they wanted Halak back or give Dylan Garand a chance, you know, from the AHL. Um, I thought that this could work. And, and again, there's, there's no guarantees. It's only a handful of games into the season here, but I did like this signing. 
And I think people that were kind of down about Jonathan Quick weren't really feeling this signing. Uh, you have to be feeling at least a little bit encouraged, a little bit better by what he's shown so far uh, in these two-plus games that he's played for the Rangers. I mean, think about it. This guy has been on the ice now for the Rangers for about two hours and 26 minutes because he's got the two starts recently and also came in in relief of Igor in a different game. He's allowed one goal in almost two and a half hours of play, uh, 56 saves, uh, 57 shots. I was optimistic about quick. Even I didn't think it was going to go this well, uh, at least in the early goings. And like I said, even if you're still not sure about this, you, you don't get the Jonathan Quick signing or you would rather them go with somebody else, you got to at least be feeling a little bit better about where things are right now. I'm uh, going to keep everything rolling in just a second. I want to turn our attention to Blake Wheeler. Also, want to talk about Jimmy Vesey a little bit, uh, a couple other things as well. We're going to get to all that fun stuff in just a second. I do want to let everybody know, though, that today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by Sleeper. A new NHL season brings all sorts of possibilities. Mika Zibanejad could score 50 goals. The New York Rangers could hoist the Stanley Cup. And you could win big by playing daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper, the official daily fantasy app of the Locked on NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. All you have to do is pick whether studs like Panarin or Mika Zibanejad, Adam Fox, Chris Kreider, uh, Igor Shesterkin will record more or less than their Sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus minus, and more in a given game. To win a 100 times your bet on Sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight-player stats. You heard me, Ranger fans. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with Sleeper, so start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code LOCKDOWNNHL, and you will get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKDOWNNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. All right, let's go ahead and keep everything rolling here. I want to shift our attention to Blake Wheeler, who I thought, uh, despite once again not being on the score sheet, despite still looking for his first point of the season, I thought played better in this game for the Rangers than he probably has all season. Uh, just a couple of nice little plays made by Blake Wheeler throughout the course of this game. Uh, he came close to his first goal. He came close to his first assist. We'll get to that in just a second. But there was a play where he was fighting along the boards to keep uh, an offensive zone possession alive. This led to Jacob Truba taking a shot and Vincent Trocek deflecting it just wide. So honestly, that that was the first instance where he could have had uh, his first assist. It would have been a secondary, but uh, they all count. Um, let me also just say, when, when Wheeler does ultimately uh, score his first point, for the Rangers, I think we can kind of kind of look at it as a situation as like, okay, this is when Blake Wheeler's season is starting. This is when his Ranger tenure is starting right here, right now. I, I think right now, you know, obviously he's not fleet of foot. I, I think we know that he's older at this point, and um, speed is obviously not going to be a big component of his game. Um, there's times where he's looked pretty slow this season, if we're being honest. I thought he skated a little bit better in this game. But once Blake Wheeler gets his first point, that's when his season starts. Let's judge him based on everything he does uh, from that point forward. That's kind of my uh, my plea to Ranger fans. I mean, I I've been a little concerned, too. I, I think this game was a step in the right direction. I did an episode uh, like three games into the season when everybody was calling for Blake Wheeler to be waived and sign Patrick Kane or wh whatever they were coming up with. Um, I said, okay, let, let's give this man a chance. He's somebody that's had a very nice NHL career. Is it possible that he's pretty much done at this point? Yeah, it's possible, but I'd like to wait more than three games to find that out. I'd like to wait more than seven games to find that out too. But this was, I think, once again, a step in the right direction. So, And the other good news too, 
whether it's, you know, Wheeler not scoring goals or Mika Zabajad not scoring goals or Philip Heedle not scoring goals, all three of those players have no goals. Obviously, Mika and Heedle have been piling up some assists, but whatever issues you could point to, whatever surprising stat you can come up with like that, the Rangers are still winning. They're still playing well. They're still executing, and uh, those things are not hurting them at the moment. So uh, as for Wheeler, uh, there was also a situation where you had a three-on-two. Uh, Trocek and Cooley kind of crisscrossed after they went across the blue line, and then Trocek with a nice pass over to Wheeler, and Wheeler just fired the puck off the post. This was the best-looking shot that I think Wheeler has had so far in his Ranger career. Uh, hit off the far post. Goalie didn't have a chance. Um, unfortunately, they didn't go in for him. And what was funny, too, is Mika Zibanejad, I think the shift after this, also hit the post. So two guys looking for their first goal with the Rangers, and obviously uh, the iron not really doing them any favors there. But it's coming. You know, eventually they'll both get there. Um, Blake Wheeler also had a steal in the neutral zone, went up the uh, the right side. His shot was stopped. Um, and then you had uh, what looked like a primary assist for Blake Wheeler, a little bit of a give-and-go with Will Cooley. You get Cooley passing to Wheeler, leading him over the blue line. Uh, Wheeler is toward, like, the right side of the net and does a, a nice behind-the-back pass to Will Cooley. The puck deflects off of Cooley's stick, goes into the net, looked to be a 4 nothing lead to the Rangers. That's initially what they called it. They reviewed, and the coin toss determined that uh, the goal should be disallowed. I I don't know. There, it didn't look like there was much of a kicking motion there. I, I feel like eventually the NHL really needs to sit down and decide what is a kicking motion and what is not. But they overturned it, and the, the lead stayed at 3 to nothing. So Wheeler a little bit snake bitten, came close to his first assist a couple of times in this game, including this one where the puck actually went into the net. Um, came close to his first goal when he fired the puck off the post. So a uh, step in the right direction. Again, uh, just more noticeable in this game was Blake Wheeler. Seems to have his legs a little bit more moving around a little bit better. Again, he's not going to be a speed demon. We all know that. We all accept that. That That's part of the, uh, you know, that that's part of what you're getting with Blake Wheeler is he's not going to be the fastest guy on the ice. That's for sure. Um, he did take two penalties in this game, but one of them actually prevented a goal. So it was kind of a nice play. Uh, Miller got caught pinching in a little bit. And Wheeler got back and hooked his guy to prevent, you know, what might have been a tap-in goal there after receiving a pass. So he took a penalty there. He also took a penalty with a little bit less than three minutes to go. Um, Rangers were up 3 nothing at that point and were well on their way to a win, though. So uh, the penalties didn't hurt too much. And the one was actually a good play, the, the first of those two penalties, I would argue. Uh, shifting our attention to another Ranger and something that was kind of a hot-button debate at the beginning of the season among fans. <clears throat> I think most Ranger fans wanted Jimmy Vesey over Tyler Pitlick, and those fans are getting their wish re recently. Uh, Jimmy Vesey has now started four straight games for the Rangers, I believe we're up to at this point. Uh, yeah, the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh. Yeah, four straight games for Jimmy Vesey, and he's played very well. He's been complimented by Peter Laviolette as somebody that's affecting the game. He ends up with a primary assist in this game, the one goal that we haven't talked about. Um, so the Rangers were in the middle of a change. Usually when I start a sentence like that, it leads to something bad happening. But in this case, it was actually good. Um, they get the blue line, Jimmy Vesey, pass, you know, back into his right to Braden Schneider. Schneider's approaching the puck and very, very close to being offside. Looked at like the puck, you know, came close to coming out of the zone. But watching it live, I felt like Schneider got there in time. He prevented the puck from completely crossing the blue line. And Schneider goes toward the net, rips just a nasty wrist shot and scores to make it two to nothing. Um, the Oilers talked about maybe wanting to challenge it, but they saw what we saw, and that is that the uh, play was indeed onside. But a nice pass by Jimmy Vesey there, um, setting up a goal two to nothing in favor of the Rangers. And yeah, four straight starts or four straight times in the lineup for Jimmy Vesey over Tyler Pitlick. And something that I've been meaning to talk about and haven't really gotten to, you know, Vesey 
to start the season, he's the healthy scratch on opening night in Buffalo. So that's not the way anyone wants to start their season. Obviously, everybody wants to be out there. And then, you know, he starts the next game over Pitlick, but then the Rangers have their home opener in the Garden, um, and it's the third game of the season, and Jimmy Vesey's a healthy scratch. And he was there, you know, he was on the bench, suit and tie and everything. They introduced him, uh, so that was nice, but... You know, and he's not going to say this because he's not going to stir the pot and cause any trouble, but you know that had to be eating him alive. That had to be killing VZ to not be out there on the ice because in his mind, he's probably thinking, okay, what did I lose to, to or what did I do to lose my spot in the lineup here? Um, he was only a healthy scratch, I believe, one time the entire preceding season, and it was pretty early in the season. Um, and, you know, now Tyler Pitlick's here. Nothing against Tyler Pitlick. You know, I, I'm, I'm good with him as like a 12th or 13th forward, but what exactly happened where Pitlick jumped Jimmy Vesey in the pecking order, which he did for at least a short time. But it looks like Vesey at this point uh, has kind of reclaimed that spot. And if he keeps playing the way he's playing, he's not a superstar player, but very gritty. He's, he's doing some hitting. He had a big hit early on the four check. The Rangers had a four check working in this game. Uh, he ends up with a team low 1038 of ice time. But hey, you know what? It beats sitting and watching from the press box. That's for sure. Uh, he also had three shots on goal. Uh, the assist that we just mentioned, he was also a plus one. So Jimmy Vesey, um, kind of... Uh, I would say tightening his grip on that job for the 12th forward spot. You know, we'll see if they eventually want to work Tyler Pitlick back in there. Again, there, there's nobody on the Ranger roster right now that I think deserves to be sitting down for 10 straight games, 12 straight games, 20 straight, whatever it might be. Um, but, you know, right now, Pitlick's just the odd man out. The Rangers are firing on all cylinders, and Jimmy Vesey's playing well. I don't think he would take, like, Bonino or, or Goodrow out of the lineup. Um, and then as for as for the defenseman, you know, Jones has only played in one game. It was the game that Lindgren missed. I feel bad for Zach Jones, but there's not really any path for him to get in there either because the only guy you would even consider taking out of the lineup, I think, is Gustafson, and he's played very well. I, I don't think you're going to take Schneider out. And as far as the top four defensemen, they're clearly going to be there. So, yeah, tough, tough, tough spot for, uh, for both Pitlick right now and Zach Jones to be in, but uh, I think they – probably are the two that should be the odd men out, you know, if you, if you got to pick somebody. So uh, unfortunate, and, you know, you hope that eventually they get into a game, they, they work their way back in there, uh, are able to contribute in one way or another, but that's just the way the Rangers are right now. You know, it's a very good team. It's a, a team that's playing extremely well right now, and uh, right now there's just no way to get, I don't think, either one of those two guys into the lineup. Uh, to kind of wrap up uh, today's episode, one other thing I just want to mention real quick, Rangers were back-checking very, very well in this game. There were a couple of times where, it looked like the Oilers were going to pick it up a little bit. It looked like they were going to have a decent rush into the Rangers zone. And the next thing you knew, you know, every Ranger is flying back into the shot and all five guys are in position in the defensive zone. I thought the Rangers backchecked very, very well in this game. Just wanted to throw that out there here at the end of the episode. But yeah, what a road trip. What a start to this road trip here. Three, three and oh, rather, the Rangers are so far. Uh, you got two more here until uh, the five game road trip concludes. They are at Vancouver, as I mentioned, on Saturday at 10 p.m. They are then at the Jets on Monday at 7.30 p.m. And after the Vancouver game, we go a long time without any more uh, late-night games for the Rangers. Uh, the, the way it's going to go after the Rangers play the Canucks, the Rangers, every single game going forward, will start at 8 p.m. or earlier until January 18th in Vegas. I believe that's a 10 o'clock start there, but we get a little bit of a break you know, from these late night starts, uh, which is a good thing, I think, for most Ranger fans, especially those uh, here in the Northeast. Um, yeah, I figure we can pretty much call it there for today. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY 
underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to the Lockdown New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time, hopefully with a better sounding voice. Goodbye.